This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 825. Brought to you by Mac Weldon. To save 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com slash iFanboyMac and enter promo code iFanboyMac. And iFanboy listeners just like you who are some of the best people we've ever met. Fanboy Pick of the Week, episode 825, the special anniversary-sized issue. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and this is my co-host, Josh Flanagan. Connor, you sound like you've been uh, dragging yourself through the desert, parched, alone, I don't know what dry. the hell's happening. I, don't, I think it's the weather. You live in a desert that's been artificially modified. I don't know what, maybe. This is a bad idea to have a city here. <laughs> We are a fanboy and every week we read a bunch of books and one of us picks their favorite from the stack of comics. We call it the pick of the week. We'll talk about that book, other books of the week, the patron pick. Listener mail usually gets comedically cut from the show, but we try. We do try. And uh, the world continues to be awful every week, but we try to make it light for one hour or so for us and for you. We do our best. Doesn't mean we don't care. Here's a spoiler warning. There's just going to be spoilers. This week, blessedly, Josh had to pick. <laughs> By accident, it turns out. <laughs> but still, uh, it was a uh, week. Speaking of dragging yourself through the desert, actually, no, I have no compunctions about uh, my pick of the week this week, which is Joe Hill's Reign number four, which I don't believe says Joe Hill on the cover. No, but it's the official I look for it. Yeah. Well... Uh, I was reading through a bunch of books and I, I got through all the Marvel and DC stuff and I, I was like, oh, that's <laughs> going to be a challenge. And then uh, I started through my image books and uh, IDW or Dark, Dark Horse, whatever it was. And actually, I really enjoyed that part of what I was reading a lot more um, this week. And there was a bit uh, in Rain where uh, I, I had read a book just before this that I really... I thought was a, a really weak script. And I just thought, oh, it's all so obvious. And mm-hmm. there's not interesting choices being made. Right. And I got, I started reading this book, which uh, just to, to recap, the idea is that one day, instead of raining liquid, it rains these sort of crystal needles. And anybody who's caught outside is killed. Yeah. And uh, so there's this girl, and she has just, she has a girlfriend and a girlfriend. And her mother, I believe, yeah. uh, were killed. And, and and the girl had just sort of come to terms with the, her family had rejected her. And she'd come to terms with being really happy and accepted by her girlfriend's family. And um, Never be happy die. in a fictional story. No, never. That's the rule. Um, never walk into the county general ER <laughs> in a good mood with your spouse. It's just, no, it's a death That's a death knell. sentence for somebody. Uh, anyway. So she decides to go out and try to find her girlfriend's father, who, again, had accepted her as family, and and thus begins this sort of road trip that's going on. And there's a line in here where she's just about to get to – she's getting to the house, and you see this big, cool – I don't know what kind of house it is, but it looks like it has a castle spire. And there's a big pride flag out front, and and she says – she thinks her her monologue is, I was starting to believe that hope wasn't much more than lag time between the next wave of grief knocks you down. And I was like, phew. (laughs) That's a lot. And I don't know if that's from the original Joe Hill text or, or put in by this the scriptwriter here. But David M. We should mention it's David M. Bohr and Zoe Thurgood on art as the, uh, the team. Yeah. And I just thought that's a really, I mean, it's, it's grim, but it's a really beautiful little piece of writing. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, the more I started thinking about that, the more. I like the depth of this character and the the thing that's going on. This could be a big action movie of a of a you know sort of a natural disaster, but right. it's not. It's actually a really personal story, you know, about a, a young girl who's overwhelmed but is really strong and is sort of going through stuff. There's a scene where she's sort of kidnapped uh, by a guy who says you know he was in prison and and she just doesn't have time for him. <laughs> and she tells <laughs> a story about. Well, she tells a story about when she was 12, she was on vacation with her parents, and they went. And listen, 
these are all things that should not work for the most part is all this telling and not showing. And I admit that, but if it's good enough, it's good enough. And that's, you can break all the rules you want if it's good enough. And she said, you know, we were in a, a, like a roadside, like a convenience store and a kid came in and pulled a gun and the mother was just like so sad for him because it just looked so pathetic. And they described the way they were holding the gun, you know, and they they just, they were embarrassed. And the mother was like, and she just walks out. And, and that's what this the this character decides to do with the guy that is sort of threatening her. Yeah, and holding this, this, on just her. be clear: this, the story is about her her girlfriend. Yes. Yeah. 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 Not her. Son. Um, that's true. Either way, um, she, you know, and and so she's sort of just deciding to be strong, and then so after that one bit of dialogue that I just said before, uh, we go and we find out that um. The, the neighbors of her dad are horrible people of her. I'm, I'm going to say her dad, but it's her girlfriend's dad, but it's too cumbersome. Uh, the guy that she, were horrible people. And she finds out that um, he was kind of murdered and, uh, and there's a revenge factor that goes on here, but it's, it's sort of, I don't know. It just didn't play out and nothing played out in any way that I expected it to. I was really impressed by the cartooning, which if I was to look at it on its surface, I don't think I would like very much, but I think that the storytelling and the acting that is going on with this style of expressive cartooning um, is really strong. There's a bit where uh, at the end, the neighbor, uh, the thing has happened to him Mm -hmm. and his daughter is walking around outside and his daughter used to be uh, babysat by, by the dead girlfriend. This is confusing to talk about. And just the drawing of this scared, lost girl, you know. Yeah, with her big eyes. Yeah, it was. It just shows like she's, it, it's a way of saying like, this girl's been through a lot and, and she doesn't know what to do. Her dad is a monster. The world is ending, you know, and she's she's pretty innocent in the whole thing. And then there's the kid, uh, the little boy. Um, her neighbor. Templeton. Yeah. You know, and he has, uh, I think, I don't remember what it is, but he was sick. Something's he he's can't, got some he sort can't of, really be outside. The sun, the sun right. is bad for him. I, I know what you're saying there, Templeton. Uh, <laughs> you know, but he wear, you know, but he's really smart. It's just a lot of things going on here that are very subtle and not like it, it is. It is tedious for me to explain them to you as a listener because it's not high concept stuff. But all of these things together, like it's 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 at the point where I see there's a new issue of this, and I go, oh, I'm really excited because I have no idea what's going to happen. Like I have yeah. no concept of where they're going i just know that uh you've got characters who are really interesting and in incredibly unique circumstances and i i don't i don't know and i'm just along for the ride like they are and that is so thrilling when you can read so many stories and not they're not all bad but you know there are basic templates for things and you know this is going to happen and then they i have no idea what's going to happen here i don't know how long that goes on i don't want to look it's one I'm more issue j- I'm just in for the ride. I just said I don't want to know. I know, but I'm just letting you know. You, tell, you have to tell, tell them you. at my own expense? Someone's going to tell you, and I might as well be the one. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Sorry. Which I didn't, I didn't um, know myself until I looked down at the box at the end and said, that the this is the penultimate issue. So, okay. You know, it's just... I, I wish it was longer. <clears throat> I don't think that's enough time. I think they've built up a great world here. And I think it's based on a short story, so that would explain yeah. why, but... um. You know, I just thought, and it, it, one of those. I really like a pick like this because it's not a number one, mm-hmm. and it's not you know like a huge. It was just like this, is just a great comic book issue, and I really, really enjoyed reading it, and I really enjoyed the craft that went into it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I uh, you know, I made the joke earlier. This is this is probably the best comic I read this week. There was another one that I enjoyed a lot, but this is really probably. I thought this might be one of those things where you're like, yeah, it was fine. No, no, I like. I, my feeling on this book is that I like it quite a bit. But I still feel like issue one was a perfect single issue that told sure. a complete story, and I don't know that it needed any more. I know it's based on a, a longer piece, but like if it had just been that one issue, I would have been like, that was one of the best short stories I've ever read in comics. I, I get that. I it's sense. still going, and it's been good, and I've really liked it. And I get, like I said, this is one. This is one of the best comics I read this week. But if it had, if it had ended with one, I thought that was, that was a perfect story to tell. Now, because I thought you know like. Getting kidnapped several times in the road—it's—it's—it's it's, it's all very Walking Dead-y, and not you know because it's all the same sort of genre thing. But and I'm cu- I'm very curious how this wraps up because there's really nowhere for this to go in a good way. But no, um, you know it. 
it, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying I'm not happy. There's been more issues. I'm just saying I, I, I still think that the first issue was a complete story that was great, and mm-hmm. this has been good, very good. The art's terrific. I think Joy Thurgood is 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 really really good. Um, the, she's created this really interesting and lived-in world, and the characters are all different looking, and the expressions yeah. are terrific. And it's all still very cartoony. And it's not at all realistic, but it still feels very realistic. Yeah, no. And if I look at it, I'm like, well, this anatomy's not great, but it doesn't matter. Like yeah. that, again. Uh, you know, it's just like, what were, or did they accomplish what they're trying to do? Well, absolutely, hundred percent. And, and the, so, the, it works. The, the anatomy might not be perfect because it's it's a exaggerated cartoon. But you know, there's, there was another comic this week where I thought, wow, the the, the bodies are just terrible. Like hmm. they're all slouchy, and but that's a superhero comic, and this is a real life yeah. sort of horror book, and that works for this. It's funny because you can, I can easily start to, I can always say like I don't like horror books, um, and it's true. I don't like the jump scare monster killer it's not guy. That, it's, it's, it's horror, but it's not right. Like that right. Kind of so I'm saying like, like so it's wrong for me to be like I don't like horror. I just think that most horror tends to be that other kind of thing, whereas this is, you know, I mean it's natural disaster, which as you know yeah. I love. Um, the, there's really there's one scary. bit that I had where. Uh, where I can complain. The only complaint I had about this book is, you know, she finds her girlfriend's dad's body, and the whole time in this issue, there's been it's been threatening to rain. They 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 keep us updated on the oh yeah yeah on the yep. temperature and the the you know the dew point like it's about to happen, and it's a little drizzle, but when it's when it's you know little crystal nails, it doesn't matter about it's drizzle. Anyway, in the course of dragging his body inside, she gets. Um, a lot of crystals in her, not enough to mm-hmm. kill her, but a lot. But then two pages later, she's not only fine, but all the holes and things are gone, like in her jacket. And I like think she, she's got them all over her on page thirteen of your digital reader, and then you, you, you turn a page, and then they're literally they're gone. Which she's is just got like a, four in her arms, and then at least one in her hand. You, the I mean, the thing was is that all of that was a device to. Uh, like the idea that she had to like drag him in to get him out of the rain was silly, and then drag him upstairs and put him in a bed. But that's so that oh I know I don't she can, I, she can I, enact I, her I don't, plan. I'm not questioning why she did it. Just like she got him, she got crystalled in her shoulders and hand. But then the next page, she's sitting on the bed reading, and there's no you know she's not yeah, yeah, bleeding. Yeah. She's nope. not got the crystals are gone. The ho- the holes in her jacket are gone. And I'm taking it a step further to say it didn't make any sense for her to drag that body inside. And and if it was to do the plan that she had, that's one thing. But they didn't play it like that. They played it like I well, couldn't I feel even, like I couldn't let in, in moments of grief like that, you just sort of act. Or, I don't even know if it's yeah. irrational to want to sort of give a some sort of burial to this guy and not just leave him outside. Yeah, but he's a dead body in the house. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, you're right, and I, I I actually hit on some of that too. But uh, you know, not enough to. But to I think it was great, though. Yeah. Yep, it's a good book. I, I, I like you. I when I see it, I was like, oh, okay. Like even though I'm, yeah. you know, again, I still think it's a good series, and I'm, it's one of my more favorite image books at the moment. So we have seen the first new issue of Farmhand uh, for two years, which was an unexpected hiatus. Um, yep. Rob Guillory, who whose essay in the back I did read. And because I guess because I know Rob, or I haven't talked to him in a while, but and I wanted to see what he had to say, and uh, he's very earnest about his creation, and I, and I really like that. Uh, when I opened this up, I thought, oh, I don't remember anything about this. I didn't yeah. recognize it been two years. It's like I don't know, maybe it's been four months. I don't know. Um, and I looked, and I and I specifically was like, I wonder if there's some sort of recap here, and there wasn't. And I started reading it, and I was kind of confused. And then I realized that I was in the middle of a six-page custom-drawn recap, and I was like, oh, God bless you. He recognized that it had yeah. been a while, and then he set the set the tone uh, for where we were, and I, I really appreciated that. Yeah, I I really did like this book for a long time, and when I finished this issue, I thought, I guess I don't really need, I don't really think I want to read it anymore. I don't really think mm-hmm. I really care anymore. But then I read the the essay, and he said it's only got ten more issues, and I thought, well, geez, I've already done sixteen, I might as well finish it. But at this point. And it's not just the two-year break, which definitely did dampen my interest, but I think towards the end, I was starting to lose my overall mm-hmm. interest. You know, this is a complicated story about this family that developed this 
plant hybrid medical technology and it, then it's and that was all really interesting and then it branched out into these giant monsters and zombies and that's when i started to lose interest initially and mm. now it's like full on these zombies have taken over the town and the family is sort of quarantined off in this compound and what i thought was fun about this was the, the father son and grandkids dynamic of this prodigal son returning to this family that was really fucked up and now it's sort of become a monster book and i'm less interested in that and they're all the same people yeah like the dad and the son and i think that as well uh established i i see what you're saying and i kind of agree with you but i am also i'm interested to see how where it goes I just like I don't I know where it started and I was down with it and then it turns into this other thing and I, I kind of I almost feel like in the comic books it's kind of inevitable <laughs> to be this kind of story especially an image comic I mean it becomes a walking dead still water situation which mm-hmm. is kind of what's happened um and just because of the unique thing that Guillory has going on with his art I I kind of don't know what I don't know, like it, like the genre is one way, but his art makes me think of another. His art's kind of jokey. Like he's even got his little notes in here on the wall, and there's there's stuff, and, and in some cases it's dramatic, but in other places there's, you know, there's it's just little jokes again that he's sticking in there, and the tone keeps me on my toes a little bit. Um, so I guess I'm interested in that part, and I am interested in I don't know just just what what the end game is here. I guess. Um, yeah. You I'm going to stick to it for the rest because this is it's yeah. only. I, I do like I did I, I for a long time I really liked it, mm-hmm. but I think for you know as a way to come back after two years, like it was a really good place to have a time jump. Right. I don't know if it was a time jump, but I I, I, I read so. it that I, way. I I think I don't know. It's been so long. Um, I think it was a time jump to the point where I this think... town has been taken over by this uh, evil be... force. I might be projecting, but I think that one of the things that's interesting to me about this is that it takes place in, like, Louisiana. Mm -hmm. And it takes place in a place that I don't know or necessarily understand or is what I would expect it to be. You know, like, I know, like, Rob is from this place in the South, in Louisiana, but it's not, like the same idea of what you, you know, the typical idea of what you tend to think of the South is. It's, It's this kind of interesting integrated community there's this is like a lot of i think the personal stuff going on is really interesting and, and i i put up with the rest of it to see what that is all going to be mm-hmm. um and i really like how like the different characters <laughs> the guy what's his name i don't know he's in charge of the shelter mm-hmm. he's like i'm just gonna go drink now i find that guy funny because he really is doing the right thing and he's working really hard but he's also hopeless at the same time right and i don't know it's just it's it's this weird mishmash of styles and and tone uh that i find attractive instead of unattractive has jean francois bail you always been coloring this i don't think so i had that same question though i don't think so he, he might looks, have done some of them it looks different it looks <laughs> like the color is more robust than previously and i'd, I'd have I mean, to dig into be. my archives to find previous issues yeah but i looks it looks great i i just I think the color popped more and had more depth to it than I remember this mm. book having. Um, I think you're right. I, I have that same sense, but I can't back it up. I'd have to really go back and look to see who used to color this book. I think it works, though. If you're talking yeah. about you know a world where you know the plants are, are taking over or whatever, then that green is important. Yeah. I think it was a flatter look before. And then that's, mm-hmm. that's not necessarily bad. That's, that's a style. But I think it was. Yes. I, feel, I feel like the colors were flatter before. Yeah, but and I, I would know. have said that that is a better match for his art, but I think this works. Yeah. This week we had Flashpoint Beyond number zero from Jeff Johns and Eduardo Riso and Trish Mulvihill and Rob Lee. And uh, this book is so weird, but I kind of liked it. Um, I didn't read it, so you, you tell me tell me what's up. It's a sequel to Flashpoint, which shouldn't happen because the Flashpoint world ended. You know, that was the whole turning point. The Flashpoint world became the New 52, and Barry went back in time to save his mom, and then he came back to the present day, and he had the, you know, it was like like Biff was the president, and there was a giant casino, and, um, you know, 
Marty had to save the day. It's that kind of thing where he comes back and the future was worse, so then they had to fix it, and that led to the, the new 52 being born. That was 12 years ago, or whatever it was. Um, so that's the whole thing here, is where Thomas Wayne... Well, there's two stories happening. One is, I would assume, in our present DC world, with, with Bruce Wayne, Batman, and the two characters from Doomsday Clock, the, the mime woman and her, and her yeah. mime husband. Uh, they're investigating something. And they're looking for Jenny, Janie Slater's watch, which is the watch from Watchmen. And then in the in the Flashpoint world, uh, Thomas Wayne is freaking out because he's like, this, none of this should be here. None of this, this should all be gone. I, did, I, I got rid of this to save my son. And so there's this parallel storytelling of the two Batmen, um, all drawn by Eduardo Riso in, in, in various styles. Which I liked quite a bit. There was. Yeah, can I say I'm, I'm looking yeah. at it right now? And let me let me just say, give me this one critical bit here. Look at this book. Yeah, that's a good looking comic book. Go yeah, ahead. I really liked how his style got different. Like the, the, the in the middle, we hang out with Barry Allen for a while in the Flashpoint world. He's 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 the Barry Allen who never became the Flash. So he's sort of the shy, dweeby CSI guy who keeps breaking dates with women in his building and can't you know can't get ahead. And so the style gets sort of more, more like almost looks like, like colored pencil a little bit, and uh, that part's beautiful. And then the, there's a great sequence where Thomas Wayne kidnaps him, and because his idea is that he's just got to create the Flash, and as soon as the Flash exists, then the Flash can fix it all. So he takes him to the top of the roof of Wayne Ta- Wayne Casino, and straps him to like an electric chair, and hooks, hooks him up to all the chemicals from the lab. And and waits for a lightning strike because it's a it's a thunderstorm, and I I kind of suspected this would happen, and it did. He gets struck by lightning and just dies, <laughs> just a husk of a burned out person. Um, it's just it was a weird book, and you know John, Johns has been relegated to this corner. He used to be the man at DC. I, uh, from what we've heard, he lost some power struggles. He didn't get his way in terms of the direction of the universe, and and so now he's sort of relegated to this strange corner where he's still investigating Watchmen as a piece of the universe, and he's still you know investigating Flashpoint. And I'm not uh, sure putting... I'm interested in all that, but I did find this compelling, and I always feel like at the edges of those stories is a little bit of the old DCU that I miss. Mm-hmm. It's just there at the corners, um, and it's just a beautiful book. It was a weird so book, beautiful. but I really liked it. Writing 5G averted on the first page is, is a fairly bold statement. <laughs> it, it's rare first, you see thought, corporate struggles taking place out in the open in a page of a comic yeah. book. I, at first I thought, oh, it's like a conspiracy theory, like you know, like 5G that yeah. people are scared of is averted. And then I went, oh no, he's specifically talking about the DC <laughs> yeah. publishing direction in general. And, and yeah. I can't help but think, yeah work yeah Good so work. i don't know I, this is this is leading into a mini series that jeff is writing but eduardo is not drawing which is a bummer but um i'm gonna read it because i'm desperate for any jeff john's dc work but it just it was strange but i'm but not in a bad way and this is so bizarre but i like it kind of way mm-hmm. and i think the eduardo Riso art really helps because his art's kind of bizarre in a way i like oh it I wouldn't think it would be a good fit just from saying Jeff Johns and Flashpoint, and then you stick Eduardo Riso in there. But right, right away looking at it, I thought, "Oh, that's uh, that's fantastic." Yeah, I mean, his this is this is not the book I was talking about, but he's got the characters have weird body language, and everyone's kind of misshapen, and but it works in the style, mm-hmm. and it works in the story. So, I liked it. Uh, yeah, I'll read it. I'll read it. I, um. The uh, Image 30th Anniversary Anthology Number 1. Yeah. Uh, I had not really planned to read it, but uh, I did. And I, it was 60-something pages, and uh, it went quickly enough. But what I really got out of it, the thing that I'm interested in talking about, is that there is an incredible... I can't imagine... I don't know if this is intentional or not, but the zeitgeist in here is just murder. It's like killer, killer, murderer, killer. I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" Everyone's anxious. It, I I know, but it's like an it's like an angry, murdering antihero thing that right. it's dark. It's it's like it's, it reminds me of 
I mean, it, it's sort of imagey, I guess, in the way like so many of those characters in the beginning were they were more violent versions of things that we'd seen before. And this mm-hmm. is just the unfiltered version of it. But l- literally, I'm, I'm flipping through it. And so many of these stories are about killers. Is is any? I mean, cause I didn't, I have this on my iPad. I downloaded it initially when it looked like it might have been a patron pick, but I didn't read it once it wasn't because it was long and I had I didn't have a lot of time this week. It's one of twelve, which I always feel like is really ambitious for Image. You know, they never finished that original Founders miniseries. You know that they did however many years ago. There's, like there's ten stories here. So my question to you, as someone who read it, and I'm looking at the the creative list and it's a it's a you know it's a murderer's row of people not murderer's yeah. row that's a bit over the top no. but there, there's it's a very solid list of creators uh are these all original stories or are these stories that that tie into the books they've already been writing at image uh mostly original but a couple of the other okay. so the blizzard which is that first one uh, jeff johns and andrea moody probably the best one in here Mm-hmm. Uh, the most interesting, also probably the most, uh, um, you know, mainstream. But it's still, it's still about a murder. It's about a murderer <laughs> murdering a murderer. <laughs> it's Dexter. Um, sort of. It's a, it's a little different than that. But there's not a lot here to go on. That was the one thing is that I think there were a couple of good uh, uh, starts, but really very quick flashes into things. Which is, which is, this is a Dark Horse Presents. That's all this is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's. I think Dark Horse Presents didn't have ten stories in it. <laughs> and you're right no, it's it very ambitious um it did not. you know the second the, after that i would say sort of tied was a declan shalvey story the story wasn't great it's about an old spy or something like that mm-hmm. uh but i was like oh man i love seeing declan, Shal- declan shalvey's art again did he draw um it? yeah he drew it oh, he yeah, drew he it and he wrote yeah. it so you know really good looking um and then there's a, a like a slice of life comic strip from scotty young which is i mean it, only scotty young can make this work but basically it's like the day before it's due and he forgot he had to do it and he's trying to figure out what to make the strip about so he's just asking his family what to make it about and he kind of he does that now you know to me i was like this is great not great though right. <laughs> like, i can read it forever and i'd be i'd be cool with it um other than that, and then the uh, so the last couple, there's a Kyle Higgins story, which is a, more of his radiant stuff, which I've completely fallen off. Yeah, uh, there's a Billy Dogma Dean Haspel story, and that exists. I've heard that name before. Other than that, I think they're mostly new, but they didn't all make much much of an impact on me. Other than just like noticing over, there's some great art. That's what I would say the most about it. Uh, there's a. I'm trying to gospel for a new century by Wyatt Kennedy. It's kind of interesting. And then uh, one of the characters is a murderer. And then like her boyfriend is, is it's like a nerdy boy who finally meets a cool girl and she's, but she ends up being a murdering demon. And, and it she's happens. Like, I need you it to. happens. It's hard. And then, and then he's like, I'll go along with you. Cause he's into her. Sure. You know, it re- like in terms of murder, can be like sexy. the zeitgeist, has been apocalypse for a while apocalypse or zombies and now it's just killers and i was like this isn't good because you can tell what's going on in the world by looking at, at images published publishing slate yeah it's it's the nostradamus of of zeitgeist it just is I w- and it always I would has question been the idea of making it all unless that's their plan but it's just a weird thing to make your 30th anniversary anthology mostly about murder it is, you know, break it up with a and few then, other stories, and then you've got. Well, that's the thing. Like it, it. <laughs> this is going to be crazy to you, but this, uh, this piece of uh, work from Image Comics needed editing. No, I, I know. I swear. What? It just, it just. Somebody's got to guide. Even an anthology needs to be guided to a certain extent. It's one thing about those, uh, those DC ones they do. At least they have a theme. They've got yeah. something. And what you this have theme here is, is like murder. Sixty or seventy percent of the book is about murderers. And then there's like a cute family cartoon. <laughs> Maybe they're and, all family murderers. Maybe that was the subtext and you missed it. I mean, I've met Scotty and his wife. I don't think they're murderers. <laughs> Maybe you know, they, they working have, it out. They have done. <laughs> I, don't, um, I, I think they, I just think it's a weird thing to make to have a 30th anniversary anthology 
and have it be about murder or mostly about murder. I think that's just, just a weird choice. I just, it was just aimless. And I just think the other thing is, a, is a, I, you know, I feel like they were like, hey, do something. And then they waited for people to turn it in and they put it together. So there was no, right. it's just what happened. Um, you know, which is, there's, there's, there's value to that. There's an artistic sort of integrity to that. But does it hold together as a reading experience for a person? No, I don't think that it does. You should check it out. I'm curious to see what you think. Yeah, I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it, but are you going to read more of it? I think, I think I'll check out the next one. I don't think I'm going to, I'm going to start picking and choosing. I think there's certain parts of it that there was one of them I really didn't like. I like Mm. the art a lot, but I I really, I'm trying to remember what it was. I think it was the hopeless story by Mirko and Adolfo. Um, Hopeless. (laughs) Yeah, it was so grim. Yeah. Hey, Connor, I got a question for you. Yes. What do you think I'm wearing under my clothes? I told you to stop calling me and asking me that question. I, yeah, I've but asked just, you to stop. Just, I think on, you're wearing just, Mac Weldon as you do. I am wearing Mac almost Weldon. every day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a. It, they're 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 black. Mm-hmm. Quite form fitting. Yeah. Um. <laughs> every day you call and tell me, and every day I'm like, cool. Uh, I'm not. Why I'm are we just, having this conversation? Because I'm excited about it, and I know I, I know you. that deep down you're like, I get it, man. I can relate to you because of that. <laughs> It's spring, man. Yeah. You you can you can you can come out from under the well for me, you live in a different place, but for me I coming out from under the down materials, I am making copious use of my two Mac Weldon Ace hoodies, one zippy, one not zippy. Yes. Um I have, my mind is literally sitting next to me to put on after the show. Mine is on me. It's oh. it's I'm in it right now. I, I I take I take such good care of them when I wash them too mm-hmm. because I don't want them to lose that newness, you know. So yeah. like I'm, I'm washing. It's very them. soft. Yeah, it's very soft. I'm I, I'm washing them like on the gentle cycle. I got special soap. I'm doing the. They don't say you have to do that. I'm just saying I'm doing that. Um, you know they've got their daily wear wear system. All the clothes work together for real, you know. So you can sort of put together your uh, um your uh, the what's this the radius pant. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe one of the, the shirts, uh, the t-shirts, like the Pima shirt. It's nice. And maybe an ACE, uh, uh, hoodie or, or switch or crew. Your style is available, whatever it is, whichever one of those things you like, it's you available. You can mix and match them all together. They got, you got socks. You got the, there's a jacket. Should you need it? There's a, it, there's wallets, the, the whole thing you could do. You could be a full MWite. <laughs> that's, that's not there. That that's not Let's in the, that they did not. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, it's the season of Mac Weldon, is what I think. Uh, I, I made, I've made. So you think uh, so? You're saying little, spring is the season for Mac Weldon? Yeah, I mean, to the to all the seasons are good for Mac Weldon, but spring is exactly. like the most. You got the most options. Yeah, no, totally. And I, I made. Listen, I made use of Mac Weldon gear while I was skiing all winter. So you know that's how it goes. Uh, so winter is also pant. the season of Mac Weldon. Yeah, and summer. And, it's and fall as well, because then you oh, get the sure. hoodies and everything. Yeah, there's yeah. a breeze. It comes back around. So all, all the Which seasons. Is, it's true, but we're gonna we're gonna specify spring at this point. Okay. <laughs> so if you are looking to step up your daily routine, uh, you know if you've had, if you had a couple of really nice pieces of clothing, it's very difficult to go back, and that's totally how I feel about Mac Weldon. It has invaded my life in, in a wonderful way. You can check out Mac Weldon for yourself and save twenty percent on your first order. Visit macweldoncom slash Mac. We added the Mac at the end of it, so the code is iFanboyMac. Uh, so you go to MacWeldon.com slash iFanboyMac and enter the promo code iFanboyMac and you'll get 20% off your first order and you can find your perfect look for the spring. And also, if you buy a certain amount there, you can continue getting discounted at that level because I'm at that. I, at the at the the Weldon Blue Royal or uh, loyalty royalty loyalty <laughs> program, so that you know that like there's the coupon for your first order, but mm-hmm. you you work it right, you you can keep saving on those sure. items, and it's worth it. This is where I wish I had a button that I pressed and it would play Return of the Mac. <laughs> we don't have that button. We don't have the Return technology. of the Mac is not by Craig Mac, because <laughs> he's kicking new flavor in your ear. So, Josh, the cover of Naomi season two, number two, screams, I want answers now at us. And I also want those answers, Naomi. I, my point here was that I liked it better than the last one that I complained this, this about. This was a solid issue because um, it gave us some information. It flashed back to her first week as Naomi. Um, there was some good scenes. I liked the scene with her and Hawk Woman. Yep. 
Um, those were all good. But as we said last time we talked about this issue, as I think Ryan said it, I, I don't know what her powers are, and she's been around for years now. Like, she That's can fly, true. she's strong, there's some energy stuff going on, but I don't even know what she can do. I really wish they'd get rid of those shoulder things. It's just so impractical to even move around with. So if they're worse mm-hmm. somehow than, than Falcon's shoulder things. Maybe those are her powers. Maybe. Maybe all the powers and the shoulder things. Yeah. But yeah. no, you're right. Yeah. This issue was good. It was better than the last one. But still, at the end of the day, I, I'm going to need them to lay out for me the story of Naomi like I'm a child. Just pretend I'm a, I'm a child and I've got a lot of things going on. And I need it to be really explained <laughs> because it's been years. It's true. It's true. I, I I also got to say, um, uh, I don't know why it says Paco Medina. I think I forgot to do that. But on uh, Jamal Campbell, um, I think the art is great. Oh, it's the art's super, terrific! Like Jamal Campbell's it's great. So it's so good. It it there's a page here, page uh, fifteen on the digital reader. Yeah. Um, where they're breaking panels and they're they're it has this beautiful flow to it, and he's just great. Um, the character stuff's angles. great. There's great expressions. Where, who's the colorist yep. on this? Um, is it also Jamal Campbell? Yeah, Jamal Campbell also does yep. color. Yeah, it's a beautifully looking book. The colors are, are uh, you know, there's a lot of heavy blues and purples. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Uh, sort of this twilight or sunbreak yeah. feeling. Yeah. And I'm sure her yeah. color is gold. Her costume is, I think, gold, so that sort of pops along. It, it, it's a beautiful looking book. It's always been a beautiful yep. book. Yep. He's he's so, he's done the he's done the art the entire way through both seasons. Yep. But so you're you're the the you know those reservations are not wrong. Mm-hmm. There's still un, unclear about it. This is a good issue, and yeah, uh, you know solid, you got credit we're due. From Dark Horse, uh, we had a new a number one breakout number one, and this is ve- this will be if you've been reading comics for uh, you know the last ten or fifteen years, a lot of this is going to seem pretty familiar. One day. Uh, a bunch of cubes show up floating in the sky over cities. Mm-hmm. Um, Warren Ellis did this exact story with Declan Shalvey. Um, and then they started taking kids uh, from ages 11 to 20. And we find out that uh, many of those kids are not being killed. They're being in, they're held in captivity. That's kind of all we know. Uh, 200,000 kids have been taken there's a very, very, very clear COVID metaphor here, even though they've changed it to kids. Right. Um, and at first, I was really annoyed about that because there's another book I read. This was maybe one of the um, anthologies. So there was something else. I was like, this is clearly a COVID uh, thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have a longstanding uh, distaste of, of things that explore the thing as a metaphor when it's literally going on right now because I think we have no... no I, I get why I have to do it. I, yeah. I just don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um but as we kept going through this, I thought it took a couple of turns that were interesting. Um, I, I'll, th- I mean, guess the one of the things is that they they sort of realize that these these aren't alien uh, in nature. They're they're you know the people on them might seem like they would be humans, uh, and the, and the tech isn't so beyond that we couldn't figure it out. And so this kid wants to save his brother, and he assembles a ragtag group group of people, and they're gonna break in and do whatever. And it was fine. But I did enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I started off being annoyed by it, being so on the nose. And then by the end, I was like, okay, I want to see what happens next. And I think that that is laudable. Um, you know, new number one that seemed like it was about aliens and, and you know, supernatural stuff that may, in fact, end up being about science. And I'm much more down with that. I know that we talk about a lot of these issues of Neil Gaiman's Norse mythology. And this is volume three, number three. Um, and they, they all sort of end up being about the same thing, which is that Loki is an asshole. Mm-hmm. That's always been the theme from all these all these books, but they're all terrific. And this is this you know they're all based on Neil Gaiman's uh, novel. They're all written by P. Craig Russell, and they feature different artists. This this one's been by Colleen Doran, and it's beautiful. And it's all about Balder the beautiful, and he's very fine featured, and he dies uh, because of Loki. And so this whole thing is about going going back to hell to get him, and it's just Loki's an asshole. Someone should kill him. And I realize it's difficult because these guys don't die, but someone should just kill him. Because all of these troubles are because of Loki. There's this little twist. I think mythology is best at this. Where it's actually not evil in a lot of senses. It's like one-upsmanship. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is Loki's thing. He wants to find the trick and, and, and fool everybody. And there's no morality involved with it at all. And so there's a bit where, who goes down there? Who goes to Hermod? Hermod yeah. goes down to hell and he finds, uh, you know, he finds Balder and, and his wife. Balder looks like he's having a great time, by the way. They seem like they have, they're, they're, at a, they're at a tavern. There's a yeah. plate full of bread. They've got mead. They're hanging out with other other people who got killed, including that, like it that, that dwarf seem... that Thor kicked into the fire. <laughs> like that was the best out. panel. That was the best panel of the entire week, by the way. I've forgotten about it. I'm glad that you brought it up. <laughs> Pages prior. Pages prior, it says Thor was in such a bad mood, he thought he might have to kill somebody just to feel better. And then you kind of forget about it, because it's one off. And then later, a dwarf happens across him, and he kicks him into the tire, into the fire, and Thor's like, that did make him feel slightly better. And I was like, all right, that's excellent structure. That's beautiful. <laughs> You're right. Oh, my God. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, yeah, but they're happy. But anyway, the, like, the bit is that, and then, um, who, who is it? It's not Hala. I guess it's... Uh, the I guess whoever the, hell is yeah um the queen the of lady hell. who's Loki's daughter who's in charge of hell yeah and she's like all right you can have him back um I'll, I'll give him back to you and but you have to go out every first. every be, everything in the world has to cry for for Balder every person every yes. tree everything and if you find anyone at all that says that they they don't care then none moved by it then he has to stay here and I just thought that's that's very difficult, and you know this. You know uh, because no one can agree on anything now. But I also kind of like that it's so. I just, I, you know, I'm telling you, I like the simplicity behind mythology. But I do, and I think when you put it into this form and you tell it in this way, it works really well. I'm gonna, I'm gonna challenge you on the best panel of the week and say it was possibly the one with the murdering baby. It's true. While, That's a good point. While that dude, what was his name again? Uh, Hermod. Hermod. While Hermod was in hell, Odin had another kid, because all these people are Odin's kids. He's just popping them out left and right. Uh, and that kid was a baby <laughs> who, who uh, uh, he killed Hod. But there's a picture of this little baby holding a bloody knife on top of this guy's body. <laughs> I was like, that is fucked up. Not only that, that panel, the entire entirety of that sub-story happens within one panel. And the best part is that it says while Hermod was in the underworld, Odin had another son to replace Balder, who was named Vali. And before he was a day old, the baby found and slew Hod, so Balder's death was avenged. Like that baby had a mission. Yeah, well, Hod, he did Hod is on, when accidentally killed yeah, uh, Balder at Balder. Loki's insistence, which was very right. tragic, I thought. Very, yes. I thought that scene was actually really well done because he's like, he's blind and he's sort of not part of the games and... And Loki, you know, you know, manipulates him into joining the game. The game is that people, everyone's trying to kill Balder, but he can't be killed. You've got to respect this baby, though. Yeah, the baby's like, I got, I, I don't want food. I got to give me the knife. Like, I got one thing to take care of. It's a and big then we newborn, get on with by everything. the way. Well, he's got Odin's son, for God's yeah. sakes. Anyway, right, I, I always enjoy these. The same way that you get excited, and I get excited too when, when a new issue of Rain comes out. I'm always excited when the new issue of Mythology is out. Me too. Absolutely. So those are the books we want to talk about, but over at patreon.com slash ifanboy, the patrons can vote to add a book to the rundown. Every patron can. We had a we had a four-book race this week, which is very unusual. We usually only have at least at most a two-book race. Uh, but we had four books in contention, but the winner ended up being The Sandman Universe, Nightmare Country, number one, from James Tinney IV, Lissandro Estalarin, Yannick Paquette, Patricio Del Pecci, Definitely not right. Nathan Fairburn and Simon Boland. And this is the latest in the Sandman universe. They keep they, they occasionally do these the Sandman universe books that take place ostensibly. Well, this one does, but in that realm, it's a black label book. It uh, features a Corinthian from the original Sandman comic and uh, lots of bad dreams about eyes that have teeth that eat things. I mean, the Corinthian is, is you, know, it, you know, the most terrifying thing to ever come out of Vertigo Comics. Yeah. I, I think. I, yeah. As a visual, and also, it's actually just kind of a super interesting character. You know, it's not a man. It's not, a, it's not, he's not necessarily evil. It's a different thing. Um, you know, he sips tea. He, he writes in his journal with a quill, you know. But this is a, a disturbing thing. Um 
it looked really good. It felt just about right. But at the end, I don't know that it really needed to be done. I feel yeah, I, like... I don't know what the point of these are. Well, um, I feel like Neil Gaiman covered this. Comics to Sandman fans, but... Right. Like, Neil, Neil Gaiman covered this books. when he did The Sandman. Right. And I, I, I didn't come out of it like, I need more, more stories with the Corinthian. Not because it's, it's kind of creepy, but yeah, but also like I get it. Like that, that's been like it. I don't know that it. I don't know that that character has the bandwidth to support more stories. And basically, he's gonna go on a. You know, it's it's gonna be somebody's out there doing something sort of in his name, and they're taking over his his territory, and he's gonna you know figure out what's going on and, and hunt it down. And I don't care. Yeah, I I, I liked the art. The it, was sli- it was slightly inconsistent in terms of faces, but I liked it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a bit brief interlude where Yannick Paquette basically drew the, hey, remember the Corinthian? You may not remember him because it was a long time ago, and they mm-hmm. gave us a little, you know, four or five page remembering of the Corinthian. Um, but the stuff before that was, I thought, the best part of the book. From mm-hmm. the point where we meet uh, the man and the woman at the bar, and she's telling the story of the weird dream she had with with the teeth or eyes. And then they have sex. It's a one-night stand. She's an artist. The guy's like, you got some creepy paintings. I'm out of here. And then the, then the Corinthian shows up at her apartment. I thought that, I, I, I like that whole sequence. And then yes. the second half of the book where the other guys show up, I just sort of, I lost interest in that completely. I was like, okay. Yeah, um, that's kind of where I was at. Like, I think it was well done. It was what it should have been. You know, it was... He's beautiful looking. I didn't. I didn't read it and think, "Oh man, this guy has no idea how to write these Sandman characters." Totally mm-hmm. did, but you know, I'm not gonna lie. I've developed a distrust of of James Tinian's writing, and able to get to the point. Mm-hmm. You know, the ad in the back is "Nice House on the Lake," and I couldn't do it. Like I, I had to drop off because I was like, "This doesn't feel like it's going anywhere." And all of a sudden, right here, like I'm like, I don't buy it. And I know that's not probably not fair, mm-hmm. but. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I'm not in a good place to start this and I'm not, I, I don't, I don't, I don't give it a lot of credit, I guess, to be able to finish what it started. Is it 12? Is it, I don't know. That seems like excessive. That's right. Is it 12? Uh, it doesn't say. I don't know. I hope not. That would be obscene. obscene. I think I might be just thinking of the image anthology. Oh, yeah. Also, the, one of the villains or whatever it is, one of the monsters in this looks just like Jabba the, Jabba Hutt, the Hutt. I thought that was weird. So, ratings on the Sandman Universe Nightmare Country number one. Ratings. Uh, out of five, I'm going to give it 2.75. I'm going to give it three. Three. I'm going to give it a three. Sticking Craft with it? was strong. No. I'm not super interested, but not bad. I, I was I wasn't mad at it. I wasn't no. I wasn't mad. I read it. I read it. I was like, okay. That was that was fine. Agreed. I read worse this week, repeatedly. <laughs> so Josh, yeah, we always appreciate the patrons and anyone who supports the show in various ways. But the patrons are the main ways to support the show. And you may be listening to yourself saying, "Hey, this this show, I enjoy it. I get an hour's worth of entertainment out of it." I don't want it to go away. I'd like to I'd like to throw my support behind them. Well, here's the ways you can do that. The main way is patreon.com slash ifanboy, as we mentioned. Uh, they, the patrons get to vote, the, add a vote to the rundown. They get to have a weekly hangout. Um, not weekly. Oh, boy. A monthly hangout with us, which has happened this past weekend, where we, we, spend, we hang out with them for an hour and talk about nonsense and stuff and fun things. And they get uh, all kinds of things. They have a Discord community. There's a Facebook community, I assume, still has. I don't know if it's burned to the ground or not, but I, I think it's still there. Um we try to make it fun for them and for you because they help keep the show going. We do appreciate that. And they also unlock great, lots of great content like the uh, Media Explode show and the Talk Explode show and the Book Explode show and all those things. So those are all there because of the patrons. So we thank them for that. If you're thinking about becoming a supporter, please do. We appreciate it. Uh, also, if you want to do that, but you want to buy a t-shirt, I found it at threadless.com. That's where you can find our t-shirts and our various sundries with our designs on them, including the Gosh design. We should, it's probably time, time to start thinking about a new one. We'll start thinking about it. We'll start thinking about it. It may take a while, but we'll we'll we'll, we'll start Listen, the engines we thought going. Of, we've thought about things for years in the past, so yeah. I wouldn't be too concerned. Yeah, we spent. It's not worth doing unless you thought about it for years. 
Shadow.com slash support is where you can do uh, just a, a PayPal donation. We, we get people who do that all the time, and we thank you. If you just want to throw a couple of dollars or, or lira or whatever your is, is lira still a thing or is it now euros i don't know i'm don't sure know if you had on. like a pile of lira yeah it would be worth something if you want to throw that into digital tip jar fm.com slash supports where you can do that fm.com slash amazon is where you can find our books load books as well as a general amazon link and I, we've been partnering with we we have been partnering with bookshop.org uh to support local bookstores uh, if, when you see those links on our website and you click on those links and you buy books through them, it may be a couple bucks more than Amazon, but you know what? The money goes to local bookstores. You can you can designate a specific uh, single bookstore for your money to go to or just a general bookstore fund, but it's a great way to help local shops uh, who could be struggling right now, and we do appreciate that. I, I just did a giant book order from them. I think I ordered like nine books from Bookshop just last week. Connor, have you read all the books that I've sent you? No, I have not, nor have I read that you Washington monster. biography. It's sitting there. I'm going to be buried with it. That's what I've decided. Wash- I made it halfway through that Washington biography. I'm going to just be I, buried I, with it. I'm just going to have it in my will that says, when I die, put it in the casket with me, and maybe I'll get a chance to finally read it. That's I remember. This, I mean, this was at least a decade ago. Mm-hmm. That uh, We're talking about uh, Ron Chernow's uh, George Washington biography. Great book, by the way. At least the half I've read. <laughs> and... I was uh, I was spending a lot of time with uh, Eisner Award winning cartoonist and now podcaster Alex Robinson, and he heard me say to someone else, "Yeah, I'm reading this this Washington biography, but I'm a little stuck." And he goes, "You're not reading it." And I was like, well, "What do you mean?" He goes, "You've been saying you've been reading it for two years. You're not reading it. You stopped reading it." And I was like, "You got me." And I think about it every day. <laughs> Why don't you just read a page a day? Eventually, you'll finish it. I I don't know that I will. It's a long friggin' just, book. That's actually great. Read one page a day. It'll take you probably a year and a half, but I think you you could finally do it. You know where I need to do? And I'm sorry for everybody listening. I put that shit on the back of the toilet. Put it back on. <laughs> put it on the tank. It'll get done. One way or another. All right. So pay, uh, so thanks everyone who supports the show. We do appreciate it. Let's move on to the patron powers. And that's another perk the patrons get. If you're a patron at the $5 or higher level, we give you a silly or awesome, it really depends on the moment, superpower live on the show. As a way of thanks. Caleb McKee uh, can speak to and command ugly animals. Oh, whoa, whoa. And I don't mean, I don't mean animals that like we find ugly, mm-hmm. but I mean respective to the animals themselves. Like, as you know, you know, animals do things to be more attractive to mates. So clearly there are attractive animals and unattractive animals. Um, and he can communicate with the ugly ones. The downtrodden, the wow. uh, the ones that don't feel like they're good enough. The ones who don't get like commercials done about them, or yeah, fun, you know, people get upset when they get when they're going to be killed. You ever think about like you ever think about the uh, the the BBC nature documentaries? You know where they show the birds and they're doing their crazy dances with their flat with the like. What we don't know is that some of those birds like they're bad at that. Like it looks amazing to us because we right. don't know. But they're like ner- they're terrible. The other animals nerd- are making fun nerd- of their nerd- dancing. Like, what oh, the? totally. But Caleb can speak to them, mm-hmm. and uh, and he can you know get them to, like like Aquaman with fish, sure. but with ugly animals. Julian de Gasperi, or Gasparis, I prefer Julian the first de Gasperi. Uh, Julian gets great ideas. He's just full of great <laughs> ideas. That's a great idea. But when he gets them, his head glows like a light bulb in a cartoon. It doesn't mean he gets a light bulb. His head becomes it glows like one. So like when he when he gets a great idea, which he's full of them, he's just got great ideas. Like he's the one who told me, Josh, to tell you about the one page a day. That was Julian's telling. That was mm-hmm. his idea. Mm-hmm. And when he thought of it, his head started to glow. Question. Whenever he gets a great idea, he glows in his head. Clarification needed. Yeah. Does he only have good ideas? His ideas are all great. They're all great ideas. Okay, so therefore, every time he has an idea, his head will glow, and that is a guarantee that the idea is great. Yes. If 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 you don't see his head glowing, he's not he's not currently thinking of a great idea. But therefore, but there are also no bad ideas. He's not he's not always thinking of ideas. Sometimes he's just right. Watching so TV. it's just a signal that yeah. an idea has arrived. Yes. And the fact that it is great is just part of that process. I just assumed it's Julian, man. All of his ideas are great. Man, I could ha- I could I could I could stand to talk with Julian right now because Patreon. you know like here's the thing you know when you have a problem sure and 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 people start making suggestions well what if you did that how about that you know like and you're just like oh, stop like if I'm like I've just had a really hard time 
sticking to a good diet and making time for like you're talking to Julian. Right. That's just gonna get sorted because most people, you know, I don't mean any offense listen to this, they're fucking idiots. <laughs> and you know, their advice is worthless. Right. You know, and they don't get it. But Julian, like he's coming in there with the heat right away. Yeah, he's like, oh, listen, here's what you do. And you're like, oh, great. I'll tell you what, best power you could get. <laughs> Patreon.com slash iFanboy. The five dollar or higher pages get their superpowers live on the show, and thanks to Caleb and Julian for being one. Uh, I think we can do one email. We, oh, we, sure. should, we should give it to the people. Yeah, sure. Uh, you you can choose because it's your show. Brad D says, "Are there any longtime characters you've always had a, always had a soft spot for? Even though, if you were honest, you really can't explain why. For example, I've kind of always liked Hawk and Dove. I haven't read a ton of them, but what I've read hasn't been great or even really good." I wouldn't even call myself a fan, but I enjoy it when they show. I see them show up somewhere. I will say I did enjoy seeing them on the Titans TV show. Maybe the only thing I liked on that show. I'm embarrassed to say how long I thought about this don't question. Don't be embarrassed. Okay, first of all, don't. Yeah. Don't be embarrassed. The, the longer you've thought about a question and the more stupid that question is. Just the more we respect it. Is, yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the more respect you gain from us. So, I absolutely. Here's what I'll say to Brad. The nature of doing this silly show means... It's hard to have things like this and not think of why. However, I think when we go back and look, if I look at the characters, because I've talked about all these characters, and I was trying to think of something that I haven't talked about, but if I say to you, Kang, mm. Taskmaster, uh, you know, D-Man, uh, uh, you know, any number of numerous characters when they show yep. up that make me happy, but the Black Knight, you know. Love the Black Knight. I have no reason for that, though. That's true. There you go, Brad. The Black Knight's a great example of that. Like, I, I don't, like, I think what it is, is whatever tickled you about that character the very first time that you were introduced them is enough to keep you going in a comic book setting. Yeah, I mean, when I was a kid, in addition, the Black Knight was definitely one of them because I was a hardcore Avengers reader, was I loved Dr. Fate for no <laughs> reason other than I think I liked the design of the costume. But mm -hmm. I was always, I remember specifically uh, on that famous fabled road trip I took as a kid when I bought two issues of Justice League from Giffen, Dimitrius McGuire, I bought issues four and five. Uh, he shows up in there and I was like, who is that? He mm -hmm. looks awesome. And that was all, that was it. That's all, that's all it took. I'm going to, I mean, I'll get off the comic book part for a little bit. I'm looking over to my right and I see... One, two, three, four, Wedge Antilles action, five, a Lego X-Wing. And I, hold on, I'm going to get to it. Just let me work with it, okay? Whoa, whoa. And a Wedge Antilles helmet over there. Now, yeah. I can justify all sorts of, listen, he's the only one who made it through all three Star Wars movies. He was at the Battle of Yavin, the Battle of Hoth, and the Battle of the oh, Second well, Death Star. He wasn't Star. the only one who made it through all three Star Wars movies. I didn't say he was. Yes, you did. I said he did. Um, what do you, but, a lot of people did. I'm a lot saying, of people no. made it through all three Star Wars movies. You said he's Did the only one who made only? it through all three. Huh? Did I say only? You said he was the only one who made it through all three Star Wars movies. I think you right, meant, I I think you, meant you were saying the one who survived both attacks on the Death Star is what you were Yeah, yeah. No, I don't even... I, listen, I, I'm not saying he's the only one. It's not the point. Um, the fact is, and I like to... You know, I have a long-running gag. He's the hero of the rebellion, blah, blah, blah. And there's, there's an argument to be made for it. But really, the character's never done much. We don't know anything about his personality. He's a blank slate. He saved it's Luke. It's a gag. He saved Luke. He didn't. He did. Thanks, He Wedge. did later. He did in the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, first one he did. Well, either way, there's not a lot there to base uh, naming my truck after him. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm getting at. He's, you he's, know, he is a, the, the best example of the answer to this question for you. It's a fun thing to do, and it gains momentum on its own over time, and you can, you can come up with ways to justify it. But if I look at the text, you know, not the most interesting character. You know, like, you no. can build up all that stuff around it. You know, Kang, up until very recently, I don't know that I had a lot of reason to like Kang. Now Marvel is really up the game in terms of <laughs> Kang content to shore that up. You know, Taskmaster is another one. Um, you know, there's, there's, I think there's it comes down to as a characters. kid how cool they look. Because Taskmaster looked cool. Now, you may, as a modern person, look at that and go, what the hell's wrong with you? It was the 80s. It was a simpler time. There's that. But for me, there's also, I, I really like the idea of delving into a thing that is quirky and pointless. 
Like people are like, what's your favorite Star Wars character? I'm like, Wedge Antilles. Like, why? I don't need to prove myself to you. Moff Jerdra. <laughs> um, everyone's coming here. <laughs> I love all of those ineffectual middle yes. management imperial officers. All yeah. of them. Admiral Piet, Moff Jerdra, General Veers. Give them, give them all to me. I think Veers was pretty competent. Yeah, he was probably the only competent one. He That's was, why he, he, was he sort undercut. of outmaneuvered all of those other guys in. He probably was yep. running that Death Star by the end. Where's the thing, though, is that you don't really want to move up in that, no, in the that first, organization. The, it's not going to help you. In our world, the closer, the higher up in the ladder you get, the closer you get to the door. In that world, the closer you get to a force choke. Right. Yeah, not no, worth it. It doesn't help you. You want to stay that middle, middle management manager. salary and the you know middle management house, the middle management vacation, and be happy you're not getting force choked. Yep. Until you blow you're up. Not getting force you're choked. Not in the Death Star. Fascist. The, the, I mean, there's that. <laughs> All right. If you uh, want to write into us, uh, you can write into contact at ifanboy.com. Contact oh. at ifanboy.com. Contact at ifanboy.com. If you, uh, I was trying to edit this, you son of a bitch. <laughs> 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 now I have to leave it. <laughs> hey, we got other shows. We have just released our media explode for the month, and that's where we played the TV game, the game that's I'm sorry, it's the TV show game, the game that's sweeping the nation. Everyone's talking about it, everyone's playing it. There's talking about making a pro league about I mean, there's all kinds of things we're in discussions about um from this game we made up three days ago. So um I had a fun time playing it. If you're a patron, hopefully you came to our hangout because we finished playing the game in the hangout. If you listen to the show, you know why that what that means. Also Josh interviewed with Daniel Warren Johnson on his Talksplode show, which is uh, really exciting because we love Daniel Warren Johnson and his artwork and his writing. And so, he turned out not to be an asshole. Always a nice bonus. always helpful. Yeah. So um, Daniel Warren Johnson wouldn't meet you at a party and give you your friend's business card claiming it as his own. No. That's a deep if, cut. If Daniel Warren Johnson uh, had the powers uh, of, of our earlier Julian, uh, he'd constantly have a light bulb above his head. Oh, boy. So check out those shows. Those both shows, by the way, were Patreon Unlocked. So thanks for that. Also, coming up, another Patreon Unlocked show is our Booksplode show for April. Josh and I, and Ryan Haupt, who wormed his way into that one, is going to be, be talking about A Contract with God and other stories by Will Eisner, the man they named the award after. Who we've never, I think, talked about, actually, on the show, other than the spirit. So yeah. that's yeah. exciting. I, I, I'll tell you, this my, I guess this is my spoiler thing, is that I bought it a long time ago as this sort of, oh, this is, seems like it's an essential text I should read, and it didn't really stick with me very much. Um, but that was 20 years ago, and I'm a different person now with lots of different perspective than I had then, yeah. and I'm really looking forward to what happens after this. And just I've read a little bit, and I was like, oh, I'm seeing things I would have never seen the first time, right. and I'm very excited about it. You were a child then, and now you're a man with kids. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Where are we I was discuss- mostly talking about lettering, but still... <laughs> also lettering my sons and lettering those are the things that are important to me you can find all of our shows over at ifanboy.com as well as the archive of years of great comic book writing from our many talented staff members Uh, if you want to find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes up you can follow ifanboy on twitter and at at ifanboycomics on instagram you can follow connor and i individually on instagram at cs gilpatrick and ja flanagan you can subscribe to our youtube page at youtube.com slash ifanboy and keep up to date with the remaining mini shows that are being uploaded until we finish them yeah they Uh, they finish in july i think i think that's oh really that soon yeah i have the list Uh, somewhere this past week, uh, we have the new york four which i believe is a brian wood graphic novel that that brian Brian talked about yeah they finish July fourteenth will be the last upload. Yeah, that was a that was a Brian Wood. Day. Well, there you go, Brian Wood Minx graphic novel. That Minx line that lasted for yep. a short time. Uh, and then Tales to Astonish by Ronan Rowe, which is my favorite mini I ever made. That's the mini where um, Josh can't get his boat started. He did a mini on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you hurt yourself? I don't think so. Didn't I don't you know. Hurt your shoulder or something? Ago. I mean, it's possible. I mean, back then. I, I, I do want to say the star of that show is not you and your inability to start boat. It's, it's I assume, your wife's camera work. Yeah, you're probably right. She was shooting yeah. it. And I assume it was her. It wasn't your brother. Yeah, it was definitely. No, um, it, was, it must have been her. And it was a great final shot where she pans away from you, unable to start the boat, and ends, ends on George Clooney the dog. 
just looking passively at everything. Yeah, it's a great final yep. shot. Yep, she's the talent. That's like I, I don't remember a lot of them. Well, she's a professional photographer. So <laughs> <laughs> she's a talent. Yeah. Um, but also that book, that book changed my life. Mm. You know, like like just it it did it 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 lit up a corner of the world that I had not understood, and it made everything better. And so it's out of print. Track it down; it's worth it. Finally, if you like the show or any show you like, not just our show, but any podcast you listen to, consider writing a review or leaving a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. That's the way that shows are found. The algorithm feeds on the data. The data points come from right reviews and star ratings and downloads. So we're all slaves to that. And please consider doing, leaving a review. Um, even better, that's word of mouth. Tell your friends. When people ask what podcasts will you listen to, because people are still discovering podcasts 15 years after they're they've been around um, after after serial invented them uh, there are a lot of them consider telling your friends because there are a lot there are probably a million comic book podcasts now so we appreciate you listening to this one and appreciate you telling people about it it, it does uh, make a difference thank you very much and that's it for this week's show I'm Connor that would make me Josh thanks everyone uh, it's a pleasure for us to be able to do this